Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsion, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione. And like I said to our guests before the show, this one's a real, real special treat for me because, um, you know, not only obviously are we in the podcasting game here at Everyday Ultra, but, you know, I also listen to a ton of other running podcasts as well. So as you know, you know, we had Finn Melanson on a few weeks ago talking from Single Track, and now we have another podcast host um, who I've been following along for a while, you know, really in the early days from when he started the podcast, and that's For the Long Run Podcast. If you aren't familiar, probably are familiar with the podcast. It's a great show. He's got great guests on there that talk about a range of things from training to the side of business and trail running and ultimately he implores his curiosity and by he I mean our guest today implores his curiosity into the minds of what keeps runners motivated what keeps them performing well what keeps them healthy all while looking into the whole scope of trail running itself not only that uh, our guest today is also a talented runner himself uh, as you follow along with him on Instagram he's been shaving some time off his marathon PRs he's always out there even when it's frigid cold in Boulder Colorado training for his runs and plans so uh, not only is he a, a big advocate for running he's a great runner himself and he's also a part of the Inside Tracker team as well, which is a great product as well. Um, so super cool stuff around that. So as you can tell, our guest today, Jonathan Levitt, is doing tons of amazing things in the world of trail running, and we're excited to have him on the podcast here. So Jonathan, thanks so much for coming on, man. This is a real honor. That was quite an intro. I got a lot to live up to here. Um, yeah, thank you so much. It's it's a pleasure to to be on here and appreciate the kudos and uh, your your lovely description there. Of course, man. And it, dude, it's a well-earned description as someone who like looks up to other people in the industry who are just doing great things and creating awesome content for the space. I mean, your name is on that list for me for sure, man. So like I, I look up to you a lot and and really aspire to do what I'm doing here at Every Ultra, similar to what you're doing. So like I said, man, they, it's it, all well-deserved in that intro. Um, Before we kind of dive into, because I'd love to talk about a whole range of topics like we talked about, you know, on the podcast, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background into running. I mean, you've been in the community for a, a while now, um, not just a, an, an active advocate, but also an athlete too. So what kind of got you into the, the the world of running and wh what made you decide to go, you know, full in on your passion like you're in now? Yeah. So we're coming up on like 10 years of running. A lot of people get into running in high school or middle school and cross country and that kind of stuff. I didn't start until I was 23. Um, I was sort of dabbling in running post-collegiately like a total of maybe 10 miles a week spread across three runs. Um, so like two to three mile runs on a somewhat regular basis, meaning like every other day or whatever. Um, and then the Boston marathon bombing happened. And well, first I'll, I'll take a step back about two hours in that day. I was sitting in Wellesley and at the halfway point of Boston and watching all these different people, different shapes and sizes run a marathon. And I was a cocky 22 year old. So I said, Oh, look at all these different people doing it. If they can do it, I can do it. Um, I was right. But also it was like a very um, 22 year old thing to say like, Oh, if they're doing it, so can I. 
Um, then the bombing happened. And the next day I put on my shoes and ran my first half marathon on the course. Uh, I got to the turn at Hereford, was turned around by a SWAT team. And I ran home or I ran back to the top of Heartbreak Hill, which is where my car was parked. I didn't know that was Heartbreak Hill. Anyway, that was my first half marathon. It was also my first stress fracture. Um, so really like couch to half marathon, back to couch kind of a situation. Um, as time went on, I got serious about it. I got a coach. My job was related to running. Um, we, a product we were selling was we were selling it to runners and most of them were using it for marathons. And so I said, oh, I should probably figure out what this marathon thing is. So I signed up for a marathon as my first proper race. Um, and I was hooked. Um, I ran uh, the I ran a marathon in Holyoke, Mass in 2014. Yep. And uh, run on 10 since almost 10. And lately, I've really just been enjoying the trail stuff and enjoying the um, adventures on the trails. This past summer, I did a 12-hour day up near Maroon Bells, near Aspen, um, did a long adventure in Tahoe before Western States. Um, that kind of stuff is what's speaking to me these days. Um, and yeah, that's sort of where where we're at, just enjoying the the – basically, my goal is just get fit to have – fun adventures get fit enough to have fun adventures where i can say yes you know with three to five days notice that's awesome that's so cool and i love like the kind of the progression that you made of of you know seeing like oh you know just doing it kind of sparingly and then almost like this boston marathon thing happens and you say i'm just gonna run a half and just kind of go out there and just kind of like i feel like that's a lot of the uh, impetus and a lot of people, there's kind of like this moment where they just decide, I, I want to go all in on this. And like you took the action right away. And of course, right, it was 13.1 off the bat, but then that led you to get a coach and all those things. So it's cool to see that progression down the line. Now, the the one thing I really like about what, what you post on your training and everything is like you're, it seems like you're pretty methodical with, with the way that you approach training. And so I'm curious to hear like your philosophy on that, because, you know, I know you mentioned like you, you get fit to have fun. And I know that's a big component too, but it also sounds like you're, you know you're very focused and and almost like take like a really really good approach to training so what do you have like a certain philosophy on training and you know one that has really helped you to kind of hit the goals that you're looking for in the sport yeah my philosophy is if you're having fun you're doing it right um i work with a coach david roche Uh, i've been working with him for over four years now and yeah the structure is basically run as many miles as you can uh, without going too too far and I have a job that's flexible that allows me to like if I want to run at 10 a.m I run at 10 a.m kind of a deal and I as long as I get my work done and don't miss meetings um, that works and so like when it's super cold in Colorado or wherever I am I, like I can run later in the day makes it possible or if it's you know super hot I'll run at 6 a.m kind of a deal um, to me it's like I find a lot of value in the consistency and the structuring of the week through like anchor points of the workout is Wednesday, the long run is Saturday, the off day is Monday and fill in the dots, fill in the the rest of it with the other runs. And um, I'm the kind of person that like, if I run every single mile with somebody else in the week, that's a great week. Mm. And so I, I really try and, and share those runs with other people and and run with other people 
And the cool thing about being in Boulder is like, there are so many amazing athletes out here that um, no matter how fast I want to go, there's somebody to join me on that adventure. So whether it's a, I've got a tempo workout and, you know, somebody that's somebody's easy effort or, you know, something like that, like it's pretty easy to find people to run literally any pace here because I, you know, I run a 259 marathon, but that's like slow for Boulder kind of a deal. Um, and so it's, it's, yeah, it's really fun just to share, share a lot of miles with a lot of cool people. Mm, that's so awesome. I'm, I'm curious, like from your perspective, do you, when you look at like different runs that you have on the schedule, would you rat, like, are you more so prioritizing just like making those memories and kind of sharing those? And do you feel like that allows you to be more sustainable in the sport or do you kind of have like phase it out and be like, okay, today I'm going to kind of lock into my training here. And, you know, another day I'll go running. Like, I guess, how do you kind of approach those two things? Cause I think when I, and I know this is like true for me in my beginning of the running journey. And I'm sure a lot of people feel the same is like when they do get a coach, they get a plan. It can be so easy to like stay rigid to that or be like, Oh, I got a hard workout today. Like I got to kind of lock in. Sorry, I can't run with you. I got yeah. like this thing on. How do you kind of approach that dichotomy? So David's feedback. So I, when I, Moved to Boulder. I spent two months in Breckenridge up at 10,000 feet in the winter of 2021 and moved to Boulder in April of 21 and very quickly got linked up with a group called Boulder Underground. And they do their workouts on Mondays and Thursdays and long runs on Saturdays. And so I started, my schedule is day off Monday, workout Wednesday, long run Saturday, medium long run Sunday. So I started running a lot of my medium long runs with them on Sunday, which is like an easy recovery day for, for both of us, but like 75% of long run distance. So if you're running 16, then it's 10 or 12 kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. um, I started running my long runs with them as well. And I was just going so fast and it's fascinating because I historically have just like gone out fast and faded in racing and long runs and whatnot. And so when I started running with Boulder Underground, it was running with a lot of fast women who train really intelligently and run really intelligently compared to like how many men run, which is like fast the whole time and fading or maybe, maybe not. But anyway, I think women are, are more consistent and, and smarter um, when it comes to pacing. Mm -hmm. So we would start runs at like 8.30 pace and finish runs at 630 pace. And so we'd go super easy for eight to 10 miles and then not for the next eight to 10. And I was finishing these like 16 to 20 mile runs, like hard, harder than I've closed. And the average pace was faster than if I had just run even. So David very quickly was like, whatever the group is doing, like, feel free to do that. And um, sometimes I would link up with them for workouts when they were doing workouts on Wednesdays or whatever and or or other people doing workouts and he's very much like here's the plan and if something else is fun and it's like not too outside of the boundaries go for it kind of a mm -hmm. deal so like I was doing progression runs or or like a tempo within within the long run kind of a deal and sometimes they would have something similar um, sometimes it would be something different and, um, but either way, it's like very adaptable, super malleable in terms of, um, or flexible in terms of like, this is the structure. 
if there's something that fits close enough to it um, and it's fun and you're doing it with other people, like go for it. And I've been running long enough now that I know what is reasonable. Like I'm not just going to like blast a workout that doesn't make sense with my training or like go too fast or whatever. Like I know where I should be. I could like coach myself enough and, and get, you know, 80% of the way there at this point. Um, but I like having someone else do it. And I like having the, um, structure that, that, uh, that David offers or, or suggests. Um, and so, yeah, super long way to answer your question, but, um, yeah, I, I find I can definitely make it work with other people. Cause for me, again, the fun is super important. And I've, I've found that I've progressed most as a runner when I am having fun, go figure. Mm, yeah. And I love that, that dual approach, right? Because I think it's so easy to think like, it's like, oh, we have a plan, we got to stick to it. And that's what it's going to be. Or it's like, oh, if I don't stick to the plan, then I'm just like kind of being in this like loosey goosey kind of free, right. free world place. Um, Because I always like, uh, like for me, like my, my coach is very similar, but it always like pains me like, or it pained me when back in the day, when I like first started plans, I was like, somebody like, Hey, like we're going for like a run, you know, out on this like awesome trail here. You want to come? And I'm like, ah, Ah, sorry, like I can't, like I got this thing planned and, you know, mentally that can be much more of a drain, which to your point can kind of like leak into maybe how you're performing, right? Whether you get right. more stressed or a little bit more burnt out or anything like that, which kind of is like a good segue into you know, I want to talk a little bit about like inside tracker too. So we, we haven't talked too much about, you know, the, the value of those things. We had Pat Reagan on the podcast who kind of talked a little bit about, you know, his usage on it didn't go too deep. Um, but obviously like you're, you're on the sales team there and you're, you're very involved with them and, you know, work with them in, in your, in your day job, so to say, um, how has that kind of played a role into your training and, and tell us like a little bit more of the importance of it. We haven't on this podcast talked about, you know, looking at blood work or, you know, uh, some of the data that might be hidden even Camille Heron, like she recently had that tweet coming out recently saying like, you know, she, because of inside tracker, she was able to look into a little bit more mental health kind of help and everything, which was super, super eye opening. So tell me a little bit more maybe about how you've seen that be beneficial in your training, or maybe some athletes that you work with, uh, would love to hear a little bit more about the, the deep dive on that. Yeah, totally. Um, so at a high level inside tracker is a personalized health and wellness platform that gives guidance on how to live healthier longer and running and endurance plays into that in that if you want to perform better you need to give your body what it needs right and our hypothesis is for runners let's say is that um, if you do this then you will stay healthier in theory um and so for us, it's it's all about, again, giving your body what you need. How do you, how do you progress as a runner, right? You stay healthy. How do you stay healthy? You give your body what you need. So functionally, what Inside Tracker does is we facilitate a comprehensive blood draw. And from there, give guidance on the best tweaks or changes to make your routine. So eat this food twice a week, take a supplement in this specific dosage, things like that, that are, that are specific and actionable for you. Mm. So- a lot of people come to us because they're just like, I want to live healthier. or I want to feel better. And we can certainly satisfy that. And then many people come to us because they're, they say, I'm exhausted. My long runs take too much out of me. I think I'm training right, but I keep getting injured. And there's usually an explanation within the blood work for that, whether it's vitamin D related or inflammation or, or a nutrient deficiency that's leading to 
poor sleep quality or whatnot. So personally for me, I've tested 40 times since 2014. Um, and I like to do it roughly quarterly, um, with the goal of basically following progress and making sure that I don't, you know, stray too far away from where I need to be. And so my girlfriend moved in, um, last March, she's vegan or eats mostly plant-based, uh, and definitely doesn't eat meat. I do eat meat, but ever since she moved in, I've been eating less meat. And so I had never considered thinking about my ferritin levels, which is the storage mm. form of iron, uh, because it's never been an issue for me, literally not once out of the 35 prior tests. Well, my value dipped heading into the summer because I wasn't thinking about it. And so um, that actually was met with <laughs> feelings of fatigue. Mm. And I was like, mm, this had I not had the blood work, I would have been confused and not put two and two together that, oh, maybe I need to actually incorporate some more of that. So it was a pretty, pretty useful, um, like, uh, I, I see it as like, like bumpers on a bowling alley. Like I'm going this way and I have little guardrails that help me make better decisions as I pass down the, the, the bowling alley. Uh, Others like Camille or our, our founder, Gil, describe it as like a dashboard for your body. You wouldn't you know, drive your car without a dashboard. Um, similarly, like why do we know more about our cars than we do about our own body? And so Camille has had a fascinating experience with Inside Tracker, particularly as a master's athlete, um, and understanding the nutritional tweaks that she needs to make in order to keep improving. And she's 40 plus and feeling better than ever before. And mm -hmm. like that's validated in breaking world records and also um, in improvements in blood work and um, subjective, like she actually feels better. Pat has had an interesting experience in that um, he was working with Magda Boulay as his coach at the time. We've been working with Magda since 2015 with a bunch of goo athletes and Pat and Magda were able to diagnose uh, uh, challenges with volume and, and overtraining. And, oh, I raced a lot this year. Well, everybody races a lot as a pro runner. But for Pat, it was too much. And he took, mm -hmm. he took a bunch of time off and focused on rest and recovery. And it's sort of like that slingshot metaphor, like pull back to spring forward. It's exactly what he did. And then he felt great. Um, now he uses it with his athletes and, and recommends it to all his athletes. So it's, it's super cool how different people use it. Camille, it was totally nutrition related. Um, Pat, it was totally training and volume related. He was mm. doing the right things nutritionally. Camille started working with a dietitian and fixed all the, or, or adapted all the nutrition related tweaks and is feeling great. Um, she was her iron was super high magnesium was off i believe and so she made those two tweaks and go figure she, she feels a lot better so it's super cool that we have these totally different experiences with totally different people using the platform in a similar way for different goals um that being said the program wasn't designed for professional runners to mm -hmm. squeeze out an extra one percent um but under the hypothesis that um 
we can we can help delay the onset of aging related disease through a personalized approach to nutrition and supplementation and so our whole thing is healthier longer right that there's a huge discussion lately around health span which is like living better and and feeling better versus longevity which is living longer do you want to live mm-hmm. longer or do you want to add more life to your years and so we're all about the the latter i mean the both is ideal but um, we're definitely about adding, adding life to the years. Yeah, that's so good. I love that perspective of adding life to the years, right? Like, because sure, it's like one thing to live longer, but if you're not living healthy, if you're not living in a way where you can enjoy trail running, like, right. what is the point, right? Like in the right. end of the day, I love that distinction there. And it's so cool that you talked about like the two different athletes with Pat and Camille, how they kind of went at it at different perspectives. Cause you know, I think when it comes to the body, whether it's nutrition or, you know, hormonal levels or anything like that, like everybody's so different, like to your point, like your body wasn't responding so much to not having meat, but your girlfriend might do better as a vegan. So I love how inside trackers kind of taking that approach to like not leave those things to chance or assumption, right? right? Because you might be like, oh, I'm not getting enough sleep, but hey, it could just be your iron levels low. And so that's a a super cool thing in there. So I I love what inside trackers do to illuminate. It's something that I've uh, definitely considered trying to do in my my own training a lot more too. So uh, super, super cool product. And we'll we'll put a link in the show notes for anyone to check it out here too. Um, The cool thing with you too is like you're very much in this uh this space and running not just with inside tracker but with highlighting you know what makes athletes great whether it's you know getting your nutrition in check with inside tracker getting your performance in check but also talking with the best minds in running and this is coming to the for the long run podcast so what got you started on the podcast tell us a little bit more about it for those who aren't familiar even though i know probably many are but what was your kind of journey to start that podcast and where do you see the journey going for it in the future right because you know, I like that. Running. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I like that segue, the physical and the mental. So I'm a super curious person, and um, I've been working at Inside Inside Tracker since 2014. And around like 2015, 2016, I started traveling more and meeting a lot of really awesome people, and Mike Wardian and Devin Yanko, and they just like opened the world the world up to me and introduced me to everyone basically david david roche david and megan did the same with with a lot of their athletes and so i was having all these conversations with people based on my own curiosity but like these were athletes that we worked with at inside tracker and there was one particularly poignant moment um i was with zach miller uh we had just done the manitou incline and and by we i mean i did it he did it, finished, came back. I was halfway up and then we finished together. And then we ran down the bar trail and then we got Mexican food. And um, he put on an eating clinic. It was fascinating. Uh, but anyway, I asked him a question. He was running uh, like 150, 170 miles at the time. This was the year after he and Hayden had had that incredible battle at um, North Face, California, where I was on the course as they were going by mile 49, I was running a 10 K and they blew my doors off in mile 49 of a 50 miler. So I was like, Zach, how the hell do you do this? Why do you do this? And for me, it's the pursuit of the why and understanding the why. And he put his fork down and talked for like 10 minutes straight. And I was like, Oh man, I'm sitting on gold. This is fascinating stuff. And it's so selfish to just keep it to myself. Mm. Um, 
that was in May of 2018. In December of 2018, I'm listening to podcasts with Billy Yang and Mario Frioli talking about um, the boom of podcasting. This is 2018. And one of them made the comment, iron sharpens iron. They didn't see it as a competition, but as like a forced level up of, of everyone. And I said, fuck it, I'm going to start a podcast. I didn't know anything about um, anything related to audio. Um, I spoke with Eric Strands and he told me everything I needed to know about about podcasting. I bought all the things he recommended. And then I went to Flagstaff for Rob Cryer's Ultra Camp. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting in a hotel meeting with Ben Rosario, the head coach of Northern Arizona Elite. And we're talking about other stuff and we're talking about his team. He's like, yeah, man, like we always got to be down for um, interviews and articles and newspapers and podcasts. And I was like, podcast, you say? I've got some sticks in my bag. We could we could take them out and start recording. He's like, you serious, man? um again like podcasting was was just starting to become like super popular so fast forward like 10 minutes he canceled a meeting and um we recorded a podcast and that was the first podcast that i uh, released and that was 250 episodes ago the second one was recorded in that room with ali kiefer um and again 250 episodes later i've finally figured I finally feel like I've started to understand what I'm doing. It mm. took probably 210 episodes to get there. I'm super tempted to go back and listen to like my 10th episode or something like that. Um, but I'm also like quite embarrassed to do such a thing. Um, so for me, it's the curiosity, right? I have such incredible access to such incredible athletes. Like we're sitting 10 feet away from where I've had, Gwen Jorgensen, Kara Goucher, like all these names in the sport that everybody knows and everybody respects. And I run with them all the time and have like fascinating conversations where like I ran with Gwen for like two runs a week for four months. <laughs> and it made me such a better person because mm. it's like someone like that who has achieved such incredible levels of success and I'm, i want to comment on the success piece in a second but like to uh, to be able to achieve that level of success you have to have your head on right and you you have to have learned a couple of things over time so it for me it's not interesting that she's won an olympic gold medal or like blah 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 it's that she's figured out a process to enable her to reach the pinnacle of whatever it is she's trying to do to reach to achieve her dream What's fascinating about these people is that they define success in a totally subjective way. They don't mm -hmm. define success as winning an Olympic gold medal. They define success as getting the best out of myself on the day and putting in the work on a day-to-day -day basis and, and like taking like stacking brick after brick after brick after brick. And the point I'm making is I have, I, I have these conversations with these types of people literally like five times a week ever since I moved to Boulder. And these are the people that I have on the podcast. And so I feel like I'm like a, an encyclopedia of, of knowledge in terms of like, I'm not saying I'm the encyclopedia. I'm saying I have access to an encyclopedia of knowledge. I just have to ask the right questions and I just have to probe and poke in the right places and ask the right follow-up questions. 
and be an active listener in these conversations in order to like pull out these gems from people. Um, and so for me, it's, it's, a it's a selfish endeavor because I want to be better. And, um, I learn every single time. Um, and every, I, I've done this 250 times now, like I said, I feel like I've only gotten into the rhythm in the last 40 episodes. That's like, that's 250 hours of learning from some of the best and most conventionally successful people in our sport. And the, the best part for me is that I can share it and that mm. I can bring it to now 1.2 million people have listened to the podcast or 1.2 listens have occurred on the podcast, which is super cool to think about that that many people have listened to my babbling but more importantly the, the the other people and and all of the information that they have to share um so you asked a long time ago now um what's the future of the podcast where do i see it going and growing um i just want to continue to have great conversations with really interesting people and continue to share um impactful and important conversations now I'm in an extreme position of privilege in that the podcast doesn't pay my bills. Um, I have a full-time job and I can do and say whatever I want on it with little to no repercussion. And with that comes a responsibility to, to do that. And to me, that means I have conversations about climate change and politics and racism and, bringing on people who are in the minority and, and underrepresented um, all sorts of marginalized groups and giving them a platform to just like make it normal to have this person's voice out there. Mm. The number of times where I've had uh, somebody who's not a white male basically say like, it's important that people see people like me on the starting line, dozens. So to me, there's that responsibility there's a responsibility to have the conversations I'm having and just in general, have interesting conversations that go beyond the like surface level. Tell me about your workouts. Oh, I ran 16 by 400 today. Oh, my marathon PR is X, Y, Z. Like there's a time and a place for that. It's not on my podcast. Um, and so what it has led to is like, I got a review the other day that, said one star this podcast used to be about running and now it's all about like anti-racist anti-racism and and politics and climate change and i posted it on instagram and mm -hmm. people were like this is why i listen to your podcast yep fuck that guy um <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff like i, I want to stir the pot in in the right way have the right conversations and then share really cool brands that make it possible and then again leaning on the aspect that it's not my, it's not how I pay my bills, but I work in sales and marketing and I understand this conversation between brands and creators. I, I feel pretty privileged in that regard in that, like, I know what works and I know what people are looking for on both sides of the equation. And to me, it becomes a game of mm. who can I bring into the sport? How can I prove that this is a place to spend their dollars, meaning the brand's marketing dollars. And how do I get big brands to invest money in supporting people like you and supporting others that like do this full time and 
are putting out content that like keeps people going on their long runs or their workouts or whatever. And so like I brought my solar company on board as a podcast sponsor mm. over a nine month period. And we did like 300 K in sales. Um, wow. That's and incredible. so to them, I said, initially I was like, you're going to pay me X. I'm going to return X. I'm going to return 10 X. And then it's going to like a bunch of people are going to go solar. It's good for the environment. And B, you're going to see that this is an interesting audience and that trail runners can be like a uh, uh, focus for you and you'll spend a bunch of money here supporting people who who do this kind of stuff. And and that happened. That's working. Um, and so like a brand like Freedom can come into the space and we have a case study of they spend X, they get 10X back. Um, same thing with with. I don't know, like I, I'm working with my realtor, Lauren Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to see other podcasters sponsored by realtors. The, the, I, I'm working with a run coaching group that I, that I love and respect and like the economics on something like that. Like they just need one or two people to sign up and it pays for a month or six months of, of sponsorship. And that makes it more sustainable for me as a podcaster who has now built a team around it. So I have five people working on the podcast and I'm mm. carrying $4,000 of cost on a monthly basis, more than that now. And like, I can't afford to float that from my salary, um, but brands can make that happen. And, um, and brands can see value in what we're doing get their message out in front of the right people. And then again, my, my hypothesis is that I can get a bunch of non-running brands into running media. And then that explodes. Like, Mm. you know, then there's, then we're not, we're not competing over pennies when there are more dollars to go around. And so I Mm. see the pro athlete space is super cluttered. Everyone's fighting for contracts and and the only people that win in that scenario are the are the brands and it devalues the athletes and it forces a like a bottom of the barrel pricing competition unless you're a gym or a courtney or a killian and making you know a, a killing because you're winning everything and your audience is huge and this kind of stuff which is not a knock on them they're all fantastic people um so again for me it's like the future of the podcast is continue to have awesome conversations and bring in non-endemic sponsors i want to get audi audi's launching a or has launched uh electronic vehicle it's beautiful and they have an entire division focused on ev marketing like i want to talk to trail runners about oh yeah in a slightly more polished method but like the storytelling around getting to the mountains, driving through snow, charging up and not needing like this kind of stuff where it's like this staying in an Airbnb or flying on United airlines or whatever it is, like all of these components that go into enabling our adventures and just weaving a cool story into it and having the like association aspect and the like making these brands cool in the space versus like buy these socks or this 
blah 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 is the like i i don't want to shoot myself in the foot because like i i work with brands <laughs> that are running brands but like it's incredibly intentional because i love that's what i use that's what i love etc gooder has been a partner of mine since mm. march of 2021 and like they said to me hey we're just interested in doing cool stuff with with awesome people at this point like that's the that's the brand that um that's the kind of brand or kind of conversation that i want to have with brands when it comes to um partnerships it's not like evaluating every single order that comes through and running that against um what they pay on it um so yeah huge opportunity to me it's a game how how sustainable can we make being an athlete or being a creator um and how can everybody else win from the knowledge that I have both on the mental aspect and the business side of things. Uh, and it's super fun. Yeah, dude, that first of all, incredible answer. I mean, even I just like pulled out so many amazing nuggets on there. A few things I want to touch on too. Like I, I remember you putting out that post to talk about like when you got that one star review and I was like, dude, like no way. Like th this guy sucks. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, this is the reason why his podcast is so good. And so I was on that camp too. Cause I will say like probably one of my favorite podcast episodes across not, not just your podcast, but in general was the one that you did with Ryan Montgomery. I thought that one was like, like when I think about like masterclass and podcasting, like that episode, like is, was just awesome. Um, so, and like bringing on people who are part of like different communities who, you know, maybe aren't highlighted as much in the trail community, I think is just so, so important to have. And you're doing it in this space, which is amazing. And then it's so cool to see you taking this different approach to brands, right? A lot of the, the notion between, I think, content creators, including myself, like I'll be a hundred percent honest here is you know, I want to get sponsored by, you know, uh, this clothing company or this shoe company, right? Always running, running, running. But to your Don't point, get me wrong. I'd love it too. Like, right. I, I'm not like, I'm, I'm talking with a couple of those types of brands as well, but like, it's, it's to support yeah. their goals. Like I, I'm, I'm talking with a shoe brand. I want to build a, a podcast studio and the shoe brand is interested in supporting the build out of a studio and enabling like a better audio and video experience and they want to be associated with that type of mm. like, content creation community building and this kind of stuff and to me that's so different than like wear this shoe go faster yeah. kind of a deal that like that's a crowded space but if some if some marketing person is interested in like doing something different i absolutely want to work with you kind of a deal um whereas like again there some some of it is because um, I'd prefer leave the the dollars from the endemic brands for people who like need it, I guess mm. you could say, um, to pay their bills. And so anytime I um, have a partnership with a non-endemic brand, I don't feel like I'm, and I've talked with people about this and they're like, cut that shit out. Like that is not a way to think, but there's still a bit of, um, I don't know, like regret or, or mm. um, it doesn't make me feel good to know that. Um, I don't know. It's like something I kind of struggle with. Um, but the counterpoint is like, no, I, I'm doing a lot to create this content and the brand wouldn't just like, it's not charity, right? Like they're not, 
They're not yeah. just like writing me a check to feel good about what they're doing. And that's, that's their budget. They're doing it for a specific reason. And so the way I get around the sort of disconnect that I have with this kind of stuff is like, I'll work with a running brand if we're doing cool stuff together. Mm. Um, and if it's something that I truly support or love or whatever, but otherwise I'm, I'm trying to pursue non running brands and then bring them into the space. Yeah. I, and I think it's so cool because it even just opens like the the realm of possibilities and more people to enhance and enhances the sport too, right? If more yeah. dollars are coming in from to the sport, that's how we enhance, you know, the ability to really, you know, whether you, people like it or not, like make per trail running more progressive, like in right. terms of what we can put out there in terms of media creation and support and like involvement and so on and so forth, which is great. Um, I There's one question I definitely want to ask you about tabling that for now, uh, because I do get a lot of listeners who maybe think like, you know, Hey, I'd like to, you know, work with brands or anything like that. And maybe some people are like, ah, like, I don't know if like, you know, I am a gym or a Courtney, which is like, including myself, like probably like 99% of the 99.999% of people in the world. But what would you be your suggestion to someone who maybe wants to work with a brand, whether, you know, they are maybe a content creator on Instagram or things like that. I know, I love how you put it, like, you know what they want, right? you know what these sponsors want. And I think when you're not in that kind of business setting, like for me, like I work in marketing, so I understand as well. But before that, I had no idea. I didn't know how it worked. I didn't right. know what the incentive was. What would kind of be like your advice for maybe someone who wants to start to get in that space to, you know, partner with brands to maybe elevate what they're doing? Yeah. So the first thing, the first, the biggest mistake that I see is people assuming they know what the brand wants, which gets back to exactly what we were just talking about. Um, just presenting like, here's what I've got. Let's make a deal kind of a situation like that doesn't work. Um, to me, the question is always around how can I help you? What is your team focused on? Look, go on their LinkedIn and look at who they're hiring kind of a thing. Mm. That tells you what their values are. If they're hiring like another social media coordinator or audio partnerships or like growth manager, like this kind of stuff. It clues you into what the team's KPIs or key performance indicators are. And if you can help someone do their job and hit those KPIs, they'll work with you. And so like the, it's, it was interesting to connect with the shoe brand I was referring to earlier, because like, clearly this is something that they're interested in, which is creating community and like creating a hub or space where people can connect and mingle and et cetera. Um, and that's a bit more of an esoteric thing versus like my goal is reach x number of runners in the colorado utah new mexico region or whatever so the 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 first recommendation is ask questions versus tell this is true in any mm. any conversation or any deal making or any like anything ever right like if you know what makes someone tick it's called language of value if if you know someone's language of value you can have much better conversations. You can ultimately win, 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 right? You win, they win, and everybody feels like they're getting a good deal on the situation. Um, and so that's what I look for. I, I look I look to, or my, that's what my suggestion is, to ask, um, what are you focused on? How can I help you with that? And then share. And so for me, it's like, what, where what are the brands that my audience matches? What are the things that my audience is buying? What are they interested in? 40% of them uh, ride bikes. 
70% of them hike. Uh, 50 something percent of them have a dog. 25% of them are married. 40, 35% ski or snowboard. Like those are all psychographic things or, or um, traits that I can go to a brand and say, my audience looks like this. Their age is this. I think this could be interesting. Do you like, would this be helpful kind of a deal? And so now I'm having conversations with like dog related brands and cycling related brands. And um, another, um, another recommendation is um, check out a guy named Justin Moore. He's mm. been on a bunch of podcasts lately. He talks much more elegantly about this kind of stuff. Um, he and his wife do about a million dollars a year in revenue for themselves um, on on uh, brand partnership deals and affiliate deals and this kind of stuff. So like the guy's got some um, street cred and and results to to back up his guidance. Um, he's great on LinkedIn. Um, that would be my recommendation. Yeah, if, if someone's interested in um, how to take more steps around um, brand partnership deals connect with this guy, Justin Moore, um, Finn, as you talked about, uh, earlier, uh, Finn and I did a two and a half hour podcast on, um, single track where we talked for probably an hour about this kind of stuff as well. Um, and yeah, just, it's, it's all about helping other people. If you can help other people, you'll, you'll, you'll thrive. Yeah. And, and dude, I love the point. First of all, mass flanter. Like I know you mentioned, like, uh, you know, you, you hear more eloquent for just, but that was eloquent and honestly like real gold because the inclination, I think when it comes to pitching brands is to do just that pitch, right? right. We're all focused on, all right, here's my pitch. Here's my metrics, blah, blah, blah. But that and delete your me- prices. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So like, just totally just like wipe them off. Yep. Interesting. So is that like you just kind of play into what their budget is and that kind of thing? Like, is that just... Yeah. I mean, if you want to work with a brand, you don't want to... It's pretty unlikely that you can exactly match how they value you. Mm. And so instead of starting the conversation around um, monetary value, start the conversation around value value. Like, what do they value? And how can you and your assets match um, what their value is? Mm, that's so good. And like, you might even be like leaving value on the table by like having standardized price or like you might, someone might see it and maybe the tag just isn't good for them or whatever. And they can, ah, man, that's so genius. Like, I think it's so cool because a lot of the stuff that you're mentioning is really just to your point, just adhering to what that brand needs. It's not right. from a place of, Hey, here's what I can do for you. It's more right. like, Hey, like, you know, what can I do to help? Right. And I think right. even totally. just that coming out of my mouth and saying that just feels a lot better. feels more approachable than just like, here, let me show you this great service. Cause no one, no one wants to hear any right. pitches nowadays. And, and to that point, like every brand has it, who's in this space already has some sort of formula of how they calculate value, whether it's CPM, cost per thousand or like something based on follower size. Um, they, they have an idea or a mm. ballpark of like what, what their budget is. So work with them on that. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I love that. It's and it. I think it goes back to like the asking questions, like you mentioned, like the questions, like and, and even like you're in sales, so you know it's like the the best salespeople ask the best questions. Like that's right. just bar none. And even the best podcasters ask the best questions. Like I think just having good conversations, whether it is on a podcast or whether it is you know to your listeners or whether it is to brands, like the questions like can get you the good answers. And so, man, that's like super cool. And and I love that you shared this just because. Um, and I know like you know, you hear this a lot. It's sometimes some people, you know, in the running world, like maybe not have a business background or things like that. So, um, it, it's always great to hear like people from you who have this background, who are in the weeds and the trenches kind of going after it. Um, man, I could talk with you like literally for hours and do like an hour episode, like hours long episode, like Finn for sure. Um, one question I do want to ask you that I'm super curious about, right? We're seeing a lot of interesting stuff in in the trail running space, right? you know, from, from media coverage to, you know, different kind of sponsors in the games and everything like that and different podcasts coming up. Uh, I did see a, a tweet that you uh, sent the other day and I was curious to hear a little bit more of your perspectives on it saying you were, you pose him a question. You're saying, is this like, do you think this is something that's really good for the sport? I don't remember the exact verbatim, but tell me a little bit about like that perspective. Cause I'm curious, like, I always love your perspectives on, on the industry. And so that comment drew my eye and I'd love to hear a little bit more, more about that. Yeah. <laughs> Get into <laughs> not, it. Not to so, put you on the spot. Yeah. 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 No. So, um, there's a weird, um, relationship between Jason Coop and David and Megan Rose. I don't understand it. I don't know why it exists the way it exists, but like, that's the, that's, that's mm. the context. There was a 17 minute episode released by Coop about the, um, his strategic direction for his podcast in 2023, which is a totally valid thing to do. But in the back half of the episode, it just like, like ripped on David and Megan by name. Mm. And regardless of the content around what was said, I feel that was an ugly thing to do. Whether or not he was right, I have no, no opinions on that. Uh, or none that I'm sharing publicly. Right. Um, to to drag someone down um, or, or like speak ill of someone in that situation, like there's there's no point in doing that. Nobody wins in, mm-hmm. in that scenario. Um, and then I'm reminded of the, the saying like, what is it, like arguing with... with but I, I may butcher this and make it way worse than it is, but like, um, I'm not saying this is the situation, but like arguing with an idiot proves that there are two, right? So I'm even hesitant to like mention this or talk about it in general because it, it there's really no point in like adding yeah. more fuel to the fire on this kind of a thing. But to me, it comes down to like, are we trying to build people up or rip people down? Mm-hmm. And the sport is so small. There are there's so much history with so many different people. Why can't we just be good people? And mm-hmm. there's so much space for all of us to thrive. There's there are running is booming. Trail running in particular, it's up like four hundred percent over some. I, I don't know what the the period of that is, but it's it's booming. Whether it's a you know. <laughs> There's no shortage of of coaching clients. There's no shortage of podcast listeners, and there's no shortage of sponsorship money to go around. Mm. So, to me, there's there's no room in the sport for 
conversations that just methodically tear people down. And that's mm -hmm. all, all I have. To say. That's all I've got to say about. It. And that's about all I've got to say on that. There you go. But but I'm the more popularized a, a, a thing becomes and more like competitive to use just kind of frank terms, like you can see people start to lose like the the good natured vibe or like you know right. start throwing some jabs or anything like that. And for me, and like whether or not like that's what's happening too with like, you know, UTMB and Leadville and like all this stuff coming out, right? I mean, like you're starting to see like there's a little bit of angst in the whole kind of community a little bit. We need to really preserve that belonging community and not just tearing people down. It's like, and you don't have to like everybody in there, but like don't put people on blast, like don't tear other people down and like even for me, like I got some listeners coming in being like, you know, why would you have like, you know, uh, other podcasters on your platform when you're trying to promote your own? And I'm like, that's not like the point is not it's not to compete. It's right. to lift rising tide lifts all up. ships. 100 percent. That That's why, like, I'd love having you on the podcast here and elevating your show and, you know, talking about different shows and brands. And so the reason why I asked that question is because. I think it was just a good reinforcement of like, why the heck we're all here? Like we're here to like, sure, we're here because we love running. But in the end of the day, a lot of things with Drew to this is the community. And I think right. what you're doing to, you know, really create a space, you know, for all types of runners, not just people who listen to your podcast or anything like that and, and doing it in a way through respect and care and lifting others up is so important. So that's why I asked the question, because I really, I really uh, it, it's it's scary to see those kind of things right to be like oh like this is this is not the direction we want to be headed right. especially from someone who who has a, a strong and loyal audience and is like decently well respected in the sport for his his contributions right like i just think that people should be a little more thoughtful around like what what are you what are your intentions with um what you're saying on social right like early in the pandemic in the pandemic i i would like tweet things about like anti-vaxxers like can't you believe that someone that what the hell is the point of that kind of stuff like mm. trying to make someone feel like an idiot like again you're the idiot um in that scenario and and it's like shouting into an echo chamber and so i've definitely been guilty of this in the past and so like i made an agreement with myself to just like put out positive stuff on social and to just like as much as i want to like tweet at um lauren bobert for being a moron like what good does that what good does that do that like that kind of stuff i mean actually it does because um there are there are sentiment readers that look at <laughs> um <laughs> look at tweets and so like in theory if a thousand people respond to a tweet like anyway not the point um there's no, there's no point in in putting out like divisive and 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 this type of content just to be a contrarian um and i think there's a ton of that in the space and um again what the hell is the point billy yang is a is a um pretty good role model in mm -hmm. just like being friends with everyone and like he's got opinions but his his um it's all about like it, it's the epitome of what I'm talking about. Like we all belong here. We all have valid opinions. Some of them have been informed by misinformation or whatnot, but for the most part, like we all mean well. Another talk about podcaster that I like a lot is um, Scotty of 10 Junk Miles. Yes. I never know what side of an argument Scotty's going to take 
and that's refreshing. <laughs> like he's, it's not because he's a contrarian. It's because he's just like, he's got his own values and his own thoughts and he's old school in some ways and, and super, you know, new school in others. And it's like, it's refreshing. Um, and for those who don't follow him, follow him on Twitter. He's hilarious. Um, he, Finn and I go back and forth all the time and have like long threads about dumb stuff and important stuff and everything in between. And like, that's the community that I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a community where people can have reasonable conversations and not just like rip people to shreds because you have some personal vendetta against someone or something. And so, um, yeah, very long diatribe on on the topic but just be a good person the last conversation i ever had with my grandfather was about the meaning of life and why we're all here and his takeaway was leave the world a better place than than when you entered it and so um i try and think about that whenever i fire off a tweet like that or um in the end everyone just wants to like feel like they belong and feel recognized and um that's why to me the like um uh representation matters and mm -hmm. and having different voices on i just had um after new york city marathon uh i got a lot of requests from people to have uh slower runners on so back of the pack uh six seven eight hour marathoners and i've been getting I that did. too yeah yeah, and it's like fascinating. And I was talking with someone about it this morning and um, tune into the conversation I had with India. Um, mm. she, her goal was to break seven hours and to be out on the New York City Marathon course after the water tables have been broken down, it's been pitch black for hours and you still finish and there's still a ton of people at the finish line. Like, it's so cool that that was her experience, that there were people at the finish line waiting for her because everyone just wants to feel a part of something and like feel like they belong and um that's what we should be putting out into podcasts instagram twitter whatever your medium is it's like think about that before you like hit send on that dumb tweet yeah 100 percent, man and that's that's just so awesome and i appreciate you sharing that about your grandfather too and it shows in the actions that you're doing right like you you didn't just take that advice to heart it's showing in the actions that you're doing with you know providing uplifting stories through your podcast amplifying voices that you know maybe are underrepresented in in not just the running community but the the world as a whole and you know, also too standing your ground when, when you see things that, you know, just aren't nice and they are, yeah. you know, aggressive or anything like that, man. So you're doing it, man. And I think it comes through in the actions that you're doing, which is, you know, again, why I, I think, you know, myself and so many others have been on this journey with you and, and why we'll continue to grow. And again, why brands want to partner with you, the whole nine yards of what we talked about, I think are really just coming under, you know, your ethos and what you're headed for here. So before I ask them the last question that I ask every single guest on this podcast, um, I'll drop a link to your podcast in the show notes so anyone here uh, for the long run please listen to the show it's a great one to add to your podcast rolodex if you haven't already i'm probably sure you have because i know you've been doing this a lot longer than i have too um but where can our listeners um on top of the podcast listening in where can they find you on social where's the best places to do so and uh kind of follow along your journey and what you're doing for the sport um you can find me on instagram and twitter at jw levitt I've been pretty active on LinkedIn lately, so check me mm. out over there. 
Um, I never caved and got a Mastodon or Truth Social or whatever any of these silly platforms are. Um, and uh, yeah, that's or you can find me in Boulder or there Boston or wherever wherever I am in the country. Oh, that's awesome, man. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll drop a link to all your socials in the platforms. I like literally just got on Twitter like two days ago and I've already loved following you on Twitter. Like it's great. So like uh, anyone who's looking to follow Jonathan on social media, please, please do. And listen to the podcast as well. Uh, and Jonathan, for my last question here that I ask every single guest on this show, uh, what can our listeners do every single day to be a better endurance athlete? Sleep. Hmm. Um. First, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This has been super fun. Uh, I love when I get riled up. Um, so this was <laughs> a blast. It's um, in your to, element, bro. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to elaborate on on that answer a little bit more, um, what thing can all runners do to be better every day? Yeah, sleep. Um, it's it, so many people sacrifice sleep for like another workout or more miles or whatever. Just like shave two miles off and sleep 30 minutes longer or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. And put your phone down before bed. It was guidance that I need to listen to. Mm, putting the phone down before bed. Put, like put, just the phone in, put the phone in another room and then use an alarm clock. Oh, that's so and good. And you'll be a better, you'll be a better runner. That's so true. I was listening to a podcast episode where you talk all about how like crappy sleep is just wrecking performance. And uh, I think it's one of those things now where, like people are like, there's so much science and data coming out where it's like sleep is to your point so much better than those two extra miles or foam rolling for like 20 minutes or anything like that. So love that answer, Jonathan. And uh, I need to take that to heart cause I need to, I need to sleep more of myself as well and get the phone out and of the room. You, <laughs> and if you can't figure out why you sleep, why you sleep poorly, hit us up at Inside Tracker. Yes, absolutely. And I'll put a link to Inside Tracker in the show notes as well, uh, for sure, right? Because yeah, there you go. You can find out what levels maybe and uh what you need to back off in your training. And uh man, I just love what y'all are doing inside tracker. So happy to support. And Jonathan, man, dude, thank you for not only coming on the show, man, but just for being just a great force in the trail running community and for for all that you're doing. Like I think, you know, you're you're one of the one of the many who I think are really helping to progress the sport in an amazing way. And uh uh, on behalf of myself and the whole trail running community, man, we're, we're lucky to have you here. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and looking forward to sharing this. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. Appreciate you listening in. And if you have any topics or guests or suggestions for the show, I would love to hear that because I want to make sure this show is so valuable to you that I'm able to provide all the things that you're looking for to become a better endurance athlete every day. So if you have those things, feel free to send them over to me on Instagram at Joe Corsione. That is my handle, J-O-E-C-O-R-C-I-O-N-E. -E, and I'm more than happy to fit it into the show, reach out to the guests that you're looking for, and ultimately give the value that you're looking for. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Uh, would love to get more ultra runners and uh, people in the ultra endurance community listening to this podcast because the more this podcast grows, the better we're able to serve you as well. And so thank you so, so much again for listening in. I tell you, I do not take it lightly. And remember, my friends, become a better endurance athlete every single day. Take care.